Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more coming up on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company, starts now. Welcome to the cutting edge of cannabis. I'm your host, Ella Smith, and today we are speaking with Nicole Delmage, founder of Merge Architecture. Our topic today with Nicole is going to cover cannabis design based around cultivation, workflow efficiency, the importance of safety and extraction and processing design. We're going to talk about dispensary design and a few other things. Uh, Nicole, welcome. It's great to have you today. Thanks for inviting me. I'm really pleased to be here to have a conversation with you. You bet. So, Nicole, you are from Canada and you got your architect degree in Canada uh, and moved to the U.S. soon after getting your degree. Um, what made you want to get into cannabis after doing architecture traditionally? Uh, my uh, foray into cannabis was um, initially an accident. It was, uh, I had a very good relationship with a client for whom I did residential work and they were um, entering into the cannabis business. They asked me if I would be interested in helping them negotiate some design work. And the first project we worked on was a vertically integrated project, meaning that it was from seed to sale and all the steps in between. So um, I had this really fun, very steep learning curve, and I learned why I want to be in cannabis along the way. And I learned a lot about the plant. I learned a lot about how exciting it is to design spaces for marijuana and it's um, the businesses related to it. Um, so that was my, my intro. I love it. It's uh, everyone comes into this space from different angles and it's neat to see how you're brought into it. And uh, now uh, you're hooked in it pretty good. I know because I've sent you a lot of, a lot of business <laughs> to you and you do a lot, a lot of work for us. And so we're very grateful to have you uh, work with us. And um, I've learned quite a bit, with you on all our designs and what we've been doing from cultivation to the extraction, even dispensary side, it's been a ton of fun. And we've learned a lot of way, a lot along the way around the cultivation design and the workflow efficiency. Explain to me your approach and how you kind of look at these, these layouts and how they're going to function and how you work through a process with a client and how you view these, these facilities from a cultivation standpoint. I, I would love to. Um, there's a couple of perspectives that we uh, approach each project with. When we're learning about the preferred strategies and methodologies, obviously we're working with someone like you, Ellis, who has expertise to bring to a specific client with a specific goal in mind. And so we're listening to other consultants and other advisors. And um, with that input, uh, we do sort of the touchy-feely stuff by doing a day in the life of the project. What is it like to be an employee? What is it like to be a customer, an owner? And we literally walk ourselves through the process and or the project. And we try and look at it through the lens of the values that the client brings to the project. And um, so as we're doing our walkthroughs, we're layering in technical aspects of um, SOPs, standard operating procedures, or um, workflow strategies, 
that are specific to that particular business or that particular client and their goals. Uh, so that part's the really fun part. Um, there's also sort of a numbers game that um, we participate in. We need help. But when there is a master grower or um, a consultant or a safety advisor, we're looking at um, very simple algorithms about space, numbers of plants, throughput, um, those kinds of considerations so that we are trying to connect the dots and layer together. I really like the word. There's a word from when I was studying architecture. Um, it was a heterotopia. And a heterotopia is two places that exist simultaneously. Um, so if you have a utopia, you know, a utopia is like a heavenly place, but it's unilaterally heavenly. When we're talking about heterotopias, it means that there are multiple layers of um, interactions or activities happening in one space. And so we look at the people layer and the plant layer and the numbers layer. And we try and put them all together in a way that makes great sense. Which is not easy to do. <laughs> it is very challenging. You know, we, we always always use this reference that we play Tetris a lot. You know, we get a lot of these these layouts and boxes on a piece of paper, and then we start to move these things around and play Tetris with these things to line them up in different ways to make sure they work efficiently into a workflow pattern, all the way down to understanding um, how many plants we're going to grow and what style of growing we're going to do, and that can dictate. Uh, room allocation and space layout. Uh, it's it's quite an endeavor to dive into these these drawings and lay them out. Uh, and to me, they're so much fun. I'm a, I'm a closet architect. I've always wanted to be an architect since I was a young man. I was really good at math, but I never went to school to do it. And me being able to work with you on these just makes uh, makes my job so much more fun. It's it's great to work with clients and to really rack our brains and truly lay these things out more effectively, more efficiently. Uh, you and I have been working on a project over Macedonia and looking at it from a GMP perspective. And that's been a whole nother can of worms and curveball for us. But uh, it's been exciting to learn, once again, new ways to look at, at these spaces and bring a different perspective to it. And uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a, a work in progress, we'll say. I uh, loved your analogy of the Tetris game. And it's um, when you bring in the example of GMP where um, good, manuf good manufacturing practices and then layer in the EU GMP um, from a European perspective, which has a very rigorous um, criteria for certification that the game where you're, they advise you to think about your facility in zones and not retrace your steps so that you're always going from um, a dirty space to a cleaner space to a cleaner space and never tracking something that could contaminate your process um, back into the process that you just came from. So um, anyways, it's a fun analogy to think about um, the gaming and then the zoning and strategizing, which recently I realized really adds square footage to a project as an aside. Doing a GMP process, you need more circulation, you need more space for gowning, that sort of thing. So there's so much information that ends up going into the project when you start thinking about 
how to be certified. And that's just one certification. We still got to throw into the MJ regulations. We've got to look at building code regulations and standards we've got to follow. Um, and the client also wants his thumbprint of approval on there as well and his twist on how he wants to see things laid out. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of moving parts. And sometimes it can be like herding cats to get these things complete and done. Uh, but uh, the end result is always, um, you know, what, what's exciting to, to really get complete and show the client. And so uh, there's a lot of other things that really dictate the function of the layout and, and how the space is, is used and utilized. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. There's existing buildings that you're presented with that are um, just a given. You have to work with this space. You know, you don't have the opportunity to build new and perfect. Um, and then once you have that space, you have to think about the systems that are existing in that space, whether the mechanical systems are adequate or the electrical systems are adequate, or if the envelope, the walls and the roof um, whether they can support the indoor temperatures and humidity and set points that your specific grow or specific facility needs to be successful. It's a, you know, that part of it is also a big, like you said, a can of worms where you're looking at um, existing buildings and are they even code compliant for a particular use? You know, a really good example would be um, trying to put an extraction facility into an existing metal building it's not it's very challenging from a code perspective to get your fire ratings and um uh your basically your use areas to all line up to actually meet the code so you're looking probably for a masonry building or a tilt-up or anyway there's a there's a long list of um criteria when you're looking for a building that you need to vet before you pull the trigger, especially if you're doing something like extraction with solvents. Thanks. Those are great comments for our audience to understand how complex this gets. We need to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about importance of safety and extraction and processing design. Stay with us and we'll be right back. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Oh, lady marijuana llama, tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and, and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge at, that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Now 
The cutting edge of cannabis now continues only on CannabisRadio.com. I am Ellis Smith, and I am here with Nicole Delmage, owner of Merge Architecture. And we've been talking about cultivation, design, and workflow efficiency. And now we're going to segue into the importance of safety and extraction and processing design. Nicole, if you would, please break that down for us and what that means in layman's terms. When it comes to safety and design for extraction, there are different degrees of um, risk and uh, safety issues to consider depending on the type of extraction you're doing. And it's directly related to um, harmful gases, solvents, uh, explosive solvents. And what we are looking for when we start looking at a safety plan, um, which I don't actually do. I work with either a safety engineer or an industrial hygienist or an extraction specialist who will work with me to identify um, safety issues in a particular facility for a particular process. And what we're looking for um, is a, a code compliant building that can um, meet fire ratings um, and fire separations as outlined in the fire code and the building code. We're also looking for um, a relationship and buy-in from the local jurisdiction having authority, which would be the fire department and possibly the building department, depending on um, the local jurisdiction's concerns. And it's a team effort to make sure that you have a safe facility. Uh, there are um, some of the things that you have to do to prove that you understand safety are uh, right hazardous hazard reports, um, safety analysis reports that really, really dive deep into what's your protocol for making sure your workplace stays safe. Um, our job as architects is obviously the room and the walls and the fire ratings. Um, our job is also to make sure that the equipment that's specified to go in those rooms complies with various codes. For example, um, ethanol or butane in uh, a small room might require what's called E1D1, which is a basically an explosion-proof electrical strategy where um, if an explosion happens, it won't then travel through the electrical system of the building. Um, and then I'm trying to think if there's other concerns that are specific to that type of building, you would be thinking about uh, workflow in terms of people coming and going, making sure that they have an exit route, they have an area of refuge. There's a, many things to consider when you're trying to make sure that a workplace is safe. So in other words, what you're telling me is hire experts, bring in the right people from day one to ensure that you do this properly. This is a dangerous game dealing with these different solvents, whether it's CO2, you can suffocate yourself and kill yourself using these butane machines or highly explosive. Um, do the homework, find the right resource and bring them in because if you don't do it right, you're going to have a hard time getting through these different um, obstacles or, or hoops from the fire department, the building department, uh, and uh, going to have a hard time getting operational. That's very true. They are going to look so carefully at your project and the turnaround times for approvals triple or quadruple as soon as you start doing extraction because the review process is so rigorous. 
and it's constantly changing. Um, the requirements get more stringent each time an accident happens or um, each time the official learns more about what you're actually doing because these are just people who have to learn about a process that's um, for some of them new or different. And so as they um, gain knowledge, they're going to be applying that knowledge to making sure that your space is safe. Well, we are constantly working in new markets and coming into jurisdictions where they've never seen this type of business before. They're new to cannabis from a medical standpoint. They haven't seen the recreation side. And a lot of these folks at the fire departments in these communities and uh, the building departments, they want nothing to do with it. And it's been very challenging for us to get the right resources in place to be able to get the meetings with these guys and to really help them understand Here's how it's being done in, uh, done in other markets, helping them network to speak with some of these people from the fire departments here in Colorado or other regulated markets. And so have you seen that quite a bit? And have you had to deal with having to educate some of these folks in these uh, um, other markets that haven't seen this yet? And how have you handled that? Uh, in my experience so far, um, I've worked in a, I've worked in the city of Denver, city and county of Denver, which has um, proven to be one of the strictest jurisdictions when it comes to extraction. And my experience in Denver has been not only going back to your point about hiring experts, but hiring experts who have a track record of having safe built extraction facilities. And so when I'm dealing with this situation, I like to cite examples that are built and safe. And I also like to work with people who have experience with that. Um, and I, from an educating point of view, um, I haven't done an extraction facility personally uh, out of out of state. Colorado, there's there's a, a general knowledge base, and there's resources, and there's familiarity. And so, going to another jurisdiction like Pueblo they know they have someone they can call in Denver and have a conversation with them. But on that note, once there is a facility that is um, built up and running and safe, it benefits the community a lot to invite officials to visit and to tour and to see and to watch the process so that they get a hands-on familiarity with it. And I think that that's the thing that is, Building those relationships by demonstrating um, good design and safe design, I think is a really powerful tool. I agree 100%. And as you go into these designs, what type of other resources do you work with? I know I, I bring in uh, a chemist to help with us on some of our designs to help you understand the technology we're going to be using from the extraction side. Um, what other uh, subcontractors or professional services are usually part of these processes? As I know you can't do it all, but there are some other folks that really come in and, and bring great value behind this. Yeah, we were just talking about that recently because we've been working with a lot of security consultants lately on projects that I've worked on with you. And it's, it's, a, new, um, it's a new relationship and the way their minds work, it's incredible. Um, and a good example is with... Um, uh, a safety consultant or security consultant who has an access control panel on the outside of a grow room, for example, but also another access panel on the inside of a grow room. And I understood, you know, the access panel on the outside. And then we started talking about it. And his explanation was that, you know, two people may go into a grow room 
with one card reader and they want to make sure that two people come out of that room. Uh, And um, so there's, it's just an interesting way of thinking about um, in this case, security, but that's one consultant that we've really enjoyed working with. We've learned a lot from understanding surveillance and security, but um, extraction specialists and chemists are really fun to work with. They probably talk too fast and they know too much. (laughs) <laughs> and I can't keep up with them all the time. I know but what you mean. <laughs> every time, every time I have a conversation, I learn something that I can apply, like really to make my facilities um, work better, and um, in some instances, make me look smarter. And then the um, industrial hygienists in some jurisdictions are required because you need a very technical report that analyzes um, quantities of solvents and parts per million and airflow and Um, all of the things that are kind of intangible about making the place safe. Um, We also work with, um, we work with structural engineers and mechanical engineers, electrical plumbing down the line. And in each of those cases, um, it is valuable to have an engineer who not only does their job really well, but does their job really well and has experience working on a grow or an extraction facility. Um, that experience is invaluable. It, it pays, if, if that consultant costs more, it pays for itself to have that knowledge. Um, and that seems like, that seems like that should be true across the board. Um, but in this case, saving money on working with someone who doesn't know how the facility should run. And I say this knowing that I once didn't know how to design a facility, but now that I do, I really want to work with others who have that similar experience. I love how you put that. We need to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the dispensary side of things. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. 
The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. We are speaking with Nicole Delmage from Merge Architecture. We've been discussing cultivation design, importance of safety and extraction and processing design, and now we're going to dive into dispensary customer experience. Um, so this is something you and I have spent quite a bit of time on. I know this month alone, you've probably done over what, probably 40 plus dispensary designs or something absurd like this, is there's so much going on. And you've helped us directly with um, American Cannabis Company's uh, flagship store. And this is something that I had a ton of fun with working on with you. It's one thing for us to lay uh, lines on paper and to just give a functional space its floor plan drawing. But it's another thing to really start to build it up from the ground from all the textures and the different elements and how the touch and feel and the overall experience is going to look. Uh, help our audience understand, you know, your approach to this side of it as well. You've done a great job on the cultivation and the extraction side. And to me, um, the dispensary is, is a lot of fun as well. And I've had a ton of fun working with you on this side too. Thank you. I've had a ton of fun working on your project. And that's because uh, your project has an idea that is the soul or the touchstone for all of your um, future dispensaries. So I really tried to hone in on something that spoke to who you were personally, what your company is trying to do. And um, that that's really rewarding for an architect to have a design conversation that gets translated from feelings and verbs and ideas into physical space. Um, so that's, that's sort of the candy of doing architecture when you um, get to live in the realm of possibilities. Um, when we were working on your dispensary, we had a process where we, we gave some homework, we asked for feedback, we asked for images and some preliminary ideas. And then we went to work collecting our own interpretation of those ideas. And we presented them to you in um, more focused degrees as we went along. We started quite broad and then we listened and got more feedback and then started zeroing in. And I remember the time, the, the moment in our process when we'd all been kind of working with this one idea or this one word that was taking us in a direction. And then we took a tack to the right because there was an aha moment when we realized, oh, actually, this is what our dispensary is about. And um, that was like a really exciting discovery. And then once we have this design discussion that um, bears fruit and we can sort of move forward with really getting into the nuts and bolts of designing the facility, uh, then we're, we have some similar security issues that we would have in the cultivation and extraction type facilities. 
but we also have um, presence and design and marketing and merchandising concerns that layer into it. And it really talks about, you know, how do you come across? Are you um, serious and professional? Are you fun and loving? And, you know, there's lots of different ways that you can um, express your business model. And that, I think, I hope it comes across that I just have a blast doing that. Sure. And it, 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 it was exciting for me to really break it down from front of the house to back of the house. How do all these things function? What's the customer experience going to be like? What do they, what do we want them to come in and feel? And what do we want them to understand when they leave? So we get them back in that door. And for me, working through all those processes uh, helped us really understand the, you know, how do we want our perception to be looked at as the customer comes in? How, how does the overall experience feel? And it, breaking that up into those two capacities really just helped us truly understand what it is we want to show uh, the customer base out there. And breaking it down like that was, was very helpful, especially looking at it from a back of the house perspective. How do you intake product? Where are you going to store it? Um, how are you going to secure it? Where's all the security cameras? How do you manage diversion and loss? There's a lot of things that go into both parts of that experience from the employee experience or the customer experience. I agree. And I think that that workflow that you mentioned um, is, is critical for an efficiency point of view for the staff um, so that they're, they can go from one task to the next in a really logical way. Um, but also you want your staff to feel like they're important and they are <laughs> um, that they have a place in the back of house that is, is theirs. And then when they're at work, they, they own their work. And so it's really an opportunity to create a great workplace along with a great workflow that then just supports what you're trying to do in the front of house. I agree. Yeah, Nicole, it's been great to have you on today, uh, learning more about what, what Merge Architecture does, uh, seeing the different facets that you play in from the cultivation design to the full-on extraction, all the way down to the dispensary side where the customer is even involved in that equation. Is there any uh, closing remarks that you'd like to leave with our audience today? My closing remarks are that I believe that the building type or the business of cannabis can really shape our experience, not only in going inside stores or inside facilities, but I think that there's a future opportunity for um, the cannabis industry to express itself in the urban environment. And I know it's kind of an interesting catch-22 because it's a very internal by regulation rate an internal um, type of business but at the same time we can also sort of peel back a layer and have a face to the community and I'm really excited about that in the future. Great thanks again Nicole for coming on uh, it was great to have you and learn more about Merge Architecture. Um, I'm Ellis Smith with American Cannabis Company. If you have any more questions about what I'm doing, you can log on to AmericanCannabisConsulting.com. Thank you for joining us for this edition of The Cutting Edge of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and very soon on iHeartRadio. Thank you. See you next time.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.